Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. Ooh, look who's back from vacation. Danielle Moody. Living her <laughs> oh, look at life who's, Look vacation. who's full of shade. <laughs> also living her I know best you, life I know this where week. The, I know where this comes from is you missing me. That's all I'll say. Aww, Go ahead. It's so nice that you think that. Also living her best <laughs> life this week, Meghan Markle and the queen of interviewers. The best there is in the country at this time, Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to say about Megan, and we can get it to Megan, Oprah is the best interviewer. She is conversational. Mm-hmm. She uses her emotional intelligence. She understands it's all about the follow-ups. So she's in the moment. It's not like a, like a list of questions she's working through. I threw out a topic. And now I'm probing around it. There are no ridiculous questions like, what sort of tree would you be? It's just like diving into like, wait a minute. Were you silent or were you silenced? Silenced. Oh, bitch. That was the best. (laughs) That was the best question I've ever heard. But not just that. The queen of circling back. Because I asked you about your relationship with your father and you gave me a pithy answer, and it's been about 20 minutes. So can we go back into that, please? <laughs> I didn't get mm-hmm. my answer. But not in, a, in an attackative way, right? Her, her emotional intelligence in terms, of cre- in terms of creating empathy, in terms of trying to understand how you feel or felt in the moment. Um, I am with you, but not in a mawkish way. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, she, she is the best interviewer. You know, every time that I watch Oprah, I always think to myself back to when she said that she used to model after or mimic Barbara Walters, right? Until she found like her own voice. And I think to myself, you know, remember Barbara Walters and her specials and everything like that? It always felt very sensational. So it's always laughable to me that Oprah, you know, but Barbara Walters was that person back in the day, but that she was trying to mimic her. And I'm like, You watch her and you're like, my God, you are made for this. I mean, because what I love about the about Oprah's interview style, and this is back in the day from her show, is the empathy that she shows. Right. People want to open up to her and they want to open up because they feel like they're being heard and they feel like they're being seen. And I think to me that that is the beauty of the way that she interviews from whether she was talking to, you know, skinheads on the Oprah Winfrey show in the 80s 
or Meghan Markle, you know, this past week, she actually conveys the same type of listening eyes that isn't um, inauthentic. People perform that now. And 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 she is very real with it, which makes people want to open up. She does a lot of short questions. And a lot of people in the game do long questions because they are thinking through what they're trying to ask as they're asking it. And she's so quick that she can quickly scalpel. What did you say when the queen said that? You know, what do you think the palace really meant by that? And it's just like mm-hmm. a, a quick sharp, direct question rather than a multi-directional nuanced question where you kind of repeat the question twice within your blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I, I, I think Oprah is far, far better. And I watched a lot of those Barbara Walters interviews because she was the yeah. number one interviewer in America yep. for a while. She is far, far better than anything Barbara Walters has ever done. The level of conversationalism is what really kills me because that makes you feel seen and it lures you into let's just talk, you know? And again, there's no, there's no sensational like Oprah question. Like, ah, like it's, it's all very tasteful, you know, it's all very genuine and organic and authentic. Because you know what the difference is here is that Oprah has never been a clout chaser, right? Right. right. She has never been. She's she she wasn't going into this interview thinking, how can I make my name bigger? How can I trend today? No, it was like these people have been hurt, right? They're in a vulnerable space. How do I how do I present this conversation so that people understand the depths of what transpired over the last couple of years? She's like. She's like a Deepak Chopra or who is the sister? Oh my God. Who talk? Um, there's another woman I'm, I'm thinking of. And I, I, I will remember her name in a second. She's like those sort of people who work in the emotion space, but yeah. she doesn't do it in this woo woo sort of way that turns all off a lot of others. She, she does it in a very um, down to earth way. That where you almost mm-hmm. don't even realize what she's doing. So like, yeah, as opposed to the cloud chasers who need to get in a look at me sort of moment, she's going like, how can I be of service to you and right. to the audience and to truth? And and this is not, well, I'm a billionaire, so I can do whatever I want at this stage in life. She was always like this in terms of like, I will just get at the truth and be real and Oprah, she does it less now, but when she was on her show, I noticed a lot. She was extraordinary at code switching and going from, you know, saying the sort of homegirl sort of thing that was like made us be like, yes, she's she's still one of us. And then saying something that, you know, the, the suburban white women were like, she's one of us. They don't feel, uh, you know, other eyes are out of it. So it was like, she was really good at just sort of, Brene, Brene Brown, like that. Yes. Brene oh Brown, my God, the queen, Deepak. the queen of vulnerability. Yes. Be brave. Let me tell you something. Don't come into the. I love Brene Brown, and I, what Oprah put all of those people on mainstream, right? right? Like right. Brene, Brene Brown, and but you know what it is. You you said something, Tore, when you said it is a difference when you are doing this work to be of service 
rather than be served. And I think that what Oprah has always done and why she has brought so many million, tens of millions of people in is because she wants to be of service. Like when she came out with it, live your best life. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, look at me, I'm living my best life. It was like, no, how can we all live our best lives? And if we are living our best lives, then we're going to be our best people. And we're going to live in our, the best society that we can build together. And it's just a, it's a different way to be. So Meghan Markle is now living her Mm -hmm. best life. Yes, she is. She was not when she achieved the paper fantasy of being a princess. Um, And, you know, it's clearly an example of where you can get to uh, the upper, upper class as a black person and still experience extreme racism. Um, No surprise that this family which has never had a black person was not welcoming to her. And it was interesting because they, they, they seem to try to not implicate the family specifically. The queen was very nice to me. I'm not pointing fingers at any individual. Even Kate apologized to me for the moment that happened. Whatever story got out, it probably wasn't her because she came to me like a woman and apologized. But, the firm was the like firm. what the institution the institution we don't want you we don't like you we don't get you we're wonder we're wondering what the color of your baby will mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. you know and these are he, not questions that are foreign to people right. who and marry that's what into I was gonna white say. families right the, uh, but it's also not form because we know that I have heard those same utterances in black spaces, right? Colorism is very real, sure. right? Colorism is very real because they, as, as, as close as you can get to whiteness means that you are better. There were paper bag tests for a reason. It's, it's different though, right? White people will be horrified that the child will lose status. We mm. understand that the browner skin will be a burden that the child will have to overcome, right? And mm-hmm. we approach those mm-hmm. com- I mean, like we are colorist uh, in in negative and pejorative ways sometimes, but we can enter those conversations with an understanding and an empathy sometimes, which reflects we understand how color life is lived beyond just racial yes. life, and that there is light skin privilege and. A baby who is a child who is lighter will have it a little easier than somebody who's a little darker. Um, we, we understand that. And I think we can have that conversation, at least in private spaces, in a way that is empathetic and not meant to be pejorative or derogatory. Whereas, you know, the queen or whoever at the firm who was wondering Oh God! What color is? I think Arch- it was Prince Charles. Mm. I'm telling you, I think it, I because they said that it was not the Queen. They said that it was not Philip, and I was just like, and Harry hadn't talked to his father. Father hadn't been returning his calls, and I was just like, and let me tell you, so the funniest meme that is going around right now is how these people and they picked out every single ugly member of the royal family. 
How dare you be concerned with how somebody else's fucking child gonna look? Do you have a fucking mirror? Oh my Do god. Do you look in the mirror? Oh my god. What? Oh my god. Bitch, be concerned. Be most, concerned about your face. One of how the about most that? important moments of this whole piece for me was when Harry said that uh, the palace had cut him off, but he was mm. okay because he had what his mother left, left for him. him. And those of us listening, even if you don't make a lot of money, what's really important in terms of investing is not the timing of the market, Warren Buffett says. It's time in the market. And if you invest even a small amount of money, $500, $1,000, accumulating $1,000 over a year or two, even for people who aren't making that much, is possible. And giving that to your child in an IRA or in an account that will sit for them for 20 or 25 years, when they get to adulthood, they will have a nice little nest egg growing for them. Four or five shares of Apple, four or five shares of Apple (laughs) right now cost around $550, $600. That over 25 years could grow to a nice amount of money. And wouldn't you love to have your child get to be 25 years old and you hand them, here's $25,000. How did you do that? Well, that money's been sitting there for 25 years, right? And, And it's been growing and splitting and accumulating and we just we put a thousand dollars into Apple when you were a baby, and now you're 25, and now this is what we have. And that's something that all of us can do for our children. We don't have to be millionaires to create some amount of money to give our children a, a leg up if we give that money a lot of time in the market to grow. Yeah. Bish- Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now, until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. You know, I think that it's important that one, in the understanding of this, I have just started entering the market myself. Oh, excellent. Just because I know. Um, But I think that it's important, one, that not only that you give children money, but that you give them financial um, literacy, that you give them a sense, you give them a sense of self. And I think that, 
what is exhibited right now through just going back to Harry for a second, what's exhibited through is just how um, prominent his mother was in his life, right? I don't think that Harry would have had the courage to live his own life, to find a partner, to leave the royal family if Diana had not done, if Diana had not created the path for him. Well, how powerful that he said he did not know that he was trapped until Megan pointed it out to him. She clearly realized like, oh, here's my driver's license, my passport, and my keys. Ooh, I can't leave the palace unless he at the firm says that I can. Like, even if I say I'm going to kill myself, he's like, well, that's not working out for us. So go back to your room. Like, I am trapped. And Harry's like, We've always been in this cage. What's the problem? You know, like fish. What is water? What are you talking about? Like, this is just the way it is. And that is scary. scary. That is scary. Because, you know, we, the way that we watch and consume the crown and the way that we, you know, cr- consume celebrity is through the eyes of like us wanting, right? You want the glamour and the glitz and, you know, you want the red carpet and the fancy clothes and this, that, and the other thing. But you don't think about all of the sacrifices that come from that. I wouldn't want that level of scrutiny. There's no amount of money that would say to me like, oh, oh, here, here's your mental health, right? Here's your, here's your mental health, but here, is, here are all of these other things. And Meghan Markle essentially said, yeah, miss me with it. I don't, I don't well, want it. Like, well, you know? Well, you're alone on that one, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I would not want to be like, take my ro- keys. I would take not want to be a royal because you are giving your freedom to other people. But in terms of American celebrity, where I don't have to go down the hall and ask some person, can I leave the house today? Yeah, fair, um, fair. You know, but like, yeah, there's there's people outside. There's cameras outside. Like, you know, it's a whole but thing. But you can leave. Like, hear. I, I, oh, I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. Here, <laughs> but here, the difference is, and this, again, goes back to the trauma um, uh, of, of Princess Diana's death on Harry is that there is no protection in the UK against these rabid paparazzi. There's no protection against like these tabloids in the United States. Celebrities here will, they continue to sue people, right? Like there are there, we have precedent in terms of court cases, well, deeper right? Than that, in distance in that stuff that we've talked about on this show that Megan drew a direct correlation between media saying racist things about her stoking uh the fear anger and anxiety of a lot of people and the fringe of that making threats to where she's like my life is truly in danger and the threat level to me and harry is elevated because of the racist conversation yeah and we see that exact ecosystem playing out very acutely with Asian Americans right this second that a year plus of Trump and others, Trump and the right banging the gong that this came from China. They are dirty. They are the problem. They are liars. All these sort of typical things that have been said about Asian Americans for decades in this country coming back now more intensely. And we see people attacking Asian Americans in the streets. And it's disgusting and it's tragic, but there is a direct relationship between the things that 
higher level people yep. like Trump are saying and uh, Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity that the, these sort of people are saying and what the lower level fringe maniacs are hearing and their actions and the way that this plays out. And this same ecosystem is happening for black people, is happening for gay people, is happening for trans yep. people. It's just yep. louder right now for Asian Americans, but this is happening for all of us. So when we talk about racism, it's not a game of wokeness. It's not an abstraction. It is a direct impact on our lives. But the right continues to make it about, oh, it's cancel culture. And it's so silly because it's Dr. Seuss and Looney Tunes and uh you know who's the one on that's on De the, the simpsons or whatever the fuck like mr no. potato mr potato head mr potato head they are they let me tell you something how republicans have become caricatures of themselves with their bullshit that they want to talk about but the person that i because you just talked about cancel culture did you hear tim scott recently yeah talk about how woke cult how woke supremacy is just as bad as white supremacy i'm just Torrey, do you do you did did woke supremacy uh, kill your ancestors? No. And what the fuck is woke supremacy? Because woke Lord supremacy only fucking is. knows. I don't know what woke supremacy is. It's so not a thing. It's not. It's a not thing. a thing. But this black man, who is a senator, says this hot shit. And all I can think about, somebody tweeted this. It was not me. Somebody tweeted this, and I said, I think about it every time. Every time that Tim Scott says some hot shit like this, I think to myself, what went wrong in your childhood? Like, what happened to you? Do you understand? Like, because something clearly happened to him to hate himself and hate black people. It, it, see, this is where I break down the notion that black people can't be racist. because, And black people love to believe that idea because we don't have the power. And sure. Uh, the the 150 or thousand people who are rich and control companies and control loans and control insurance and control the criminal justice system, um, they are the true drivers of white supremacy. But white privilege is happening all over the place. And the mm. people who are the foot soldiers, the pawns of white supremacy and who are perpetuating it on a day-to-day -day basis include black people like Tim Scott like Diamond and Silk, like Candace Owens. These sort of people are being racist if you are perpetuating and Correct. soldiering for white supremacy. So it doesn't matter that you're black. That's not some get-out-of-jail-free card. You are perpetuating and working for white supremacy. So you are being racist, and you are making our lives more vulnerable in the process. It's just, you know, what frustrates me when I see these things and I and I and, you know, I, I forget who it was. There was a member of Congress, uh, a member of the House, Democrat from Ohio. He went off this week and I can't remember his name right now. I think it was Ryan. Tim Ryan. Tim, Tim Ryan. Ryan. Tim Ryan went off on Republicans this week like I have fucking had it. You all want to sit around. You want to talk about Dr. Seuss. You want to talk about Mr. Potato Head. You want to talk about everything except the American worker. You want to do everything. Talk about cancel culture and all this bullshit. Get to fucking work. Like, when are we going to start working? And I'm thinking to myself, everybody needs to start acting like Tim Ryan in the Democratic Party. We, everybody does. We do. They do. Shaming them 
and I'm not saying that I I am against shaming them, but shaming them will not make them come around on a uh, $15 minimum wage, on giving a monthly basic income to folks. Um, the sort of economic measures that we need get through this economic situation to get through cor- coronavirus, because the right, the Republican Party, excuse me, is not acting in good faith. They are not acting on some principle whereby they yeah. genuinely think $15 minimum wage would be bad for business, bad for their constituents, bad for their voters. No, they are playing political defense in that they don't want to do anything that would help Joe Biden and help him get reelected. That would help Nancy Pelosi continue to have the gavel. That would have that would allow Chuck Schumer to continue continue to be in nominally in charge of the Senate. They are like, we're not going to do anything that would help you. We would rather the country fail and be hurt than do something that would allow you to be politically helped. And $15 minimum wage is something that we can do. A lot of places are doing it. It would be incredibly valuable and helpful for millions of Americans. This is not about kids getting an extra amount of money, uh, flipping burgers. There are a lot of parents who are making minimum wage. We have not raised the minimum wage in years. Why does this discussion always redound to if we raise minimum wage, then that will raise prices for middle-class people, but then the salary, the ridiculously exorbitant salary of CEOs never comes into the conversation. The CEO is making 20 to 40 times what the average, what the low-level worker is making, but we don't want to talk about the 20 or $40 million package annually that the CEO is getting and the impact of the price on the Big Mac. We don't want to talk about that. No, because they want to say to you that, but the CEO is a jobs creator, right? But they don't ever talk about the people that are actually doing work that is putting the money in the CEO or the shareholder's pocket. And to that point, when you talk about the the playing of politics, that they don't want to do anything that would make Joe Biden successful. They don't want to do anything that would make Schumer uh, look successful. Then you know what? Uh, Mitch McConnell was leader of the Senate and Trump was in the White House. Why the fuck didn't they wait? Didn't they raise the minimum wage then? Right. Like if you want if you if you are talking about the fact that, oh, we're going to play politics and we don't want the other side to have wins, then when you have the gavel and you have the house and you have all of the levers of power, why the fuck don't you do anything for the American people? But 75 million Americans said that that was OK because they wanted Trump back. They wanted do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, but these people don't do anything for you. I asked this question. and I'll ask it to you, Torre. How? In the last four years, the four years of Trump, what was his crowning piece of legislation? What was the crowning piece of legislation that the Republicans gave and passed for the American public during those four years that made anybody's life better? Gave and passed? Nothing. 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 I mean, the crowning piece of legislation might be the Muslim ban, but like there was no significant legislative priority that he was pursuing akin to... Uh, Obama saying, let's get Obamacare done. What can we do to go to the different senators and make this uh, in the House, make this amenable so that you can vote for this? So how can, what can we give you? How can we trade? How we can get this thing over the line? There was never a legislative priority that Trump and McConnell had that they were driving toward and trying to get to 60 votes around. There was, it was, there was never anything. There was never even an understanding of the process to think we should 
be rallying around some bill that we can say, bam, this is the thing we got passed. But I mean, Trump did not understand politics and policy on a basic level to even think that far. He would only was only able to think in terms of executive actions. He I don't think he even had an idea of a legislative policy. I mean, he had no legislative goals whatsoever about but that's, anything. But that's what that's what kills me is that how do they keep getting back into power? Because you see that when Democrats are in power, we're talking about clean the clean energy bill. We're talking about infrastructure week. We're talking about vaccinations. We're talking about COVID relief bills. We're doing all we're to, everything is about trying to pass something for the American people. When Republicans are in power, we got 300 judges that even the American Bar Association said they are not qualified for the fucking job. That's what we get from Republicans. And yet they keep getting back into power. There is a personality and an emotional relationship between them and their voters that continues to bring these voters home and has them voting against their own interests because the Republican Party is better at creating villains. The Democratic Party may create the guy who is running on the other side as a villain, but the Republican Party will say black people are the villains, immigrants are the villains, trans people who want to go into the bathroom with your daughter, they are the villains, and we will protect you from those villains. China, Russia, right? Going back to Reagan, Russia is the villain. So the Republican Party is really good at creating an external. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Villain, and I don't mean external to the country, external to the specific political process. We make them active. We effectively make them hate Trump and we want to vote against Trump, but Trump and Romney and back and back and back and back. They're like, hate the gays, hate the blacks, hate the immigrants, hate the Russians, hate the Chinese, right? And I'm going to rally you and protect you against them. And that's, that is a powerful force that will bring folks home to vote for you um, and make them want to pull others with them when, and you don't even have to propose actual legislation after that <laughs> this is right i guess not, i mean i guess not and you didn't actually have to propose an rnc platform either you know <laughs> they didn't even they didn't even they said they said oh you still have your old flyer use that one what up y'all it's Torre, and on my podcast Torre show i interview successful black rappers actors writers politicians all sort of people to talk about what powered their rise, how they built their success, and what their superpower is. Through our conversations, you'll learn about how you can achieve your goals. Listen to Torre's show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are streamed. And go further and become a member of our community on Patreon, where you'll get exclusive episodes. So one of the things that's going on this week 
just starting. And perhaps next week we'll be able to talk about it more. Is not the George Floyd trial. It is the yes. Derek Chauvin trial. Mm-hmm. He is on trial mm-hmm. for murdering George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And before mm-hmm. we say, how much time do we need, guys? Because there's a video. They've seated at least three jurors. And to my recollection, at least one of them had said that he had not seen the video. Now, of course, where did where did he land here from <laughs> Mars? Of course, uh, the 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 defense is looking for uh, jurors who have not seen the video, right? And they mm-hmm. will and they will see it in minute detail before the end of the trial. But it's an interesting start that they were able to find, you know, one of the jurors, I believe she I believe they said it was, she was a black woman on CNN that she registered to vote, hoping that she would be called for jury duty and this trial. And when oh, she shit. got onto this trial, she was like, yes. Now I gotta be thinking that she is ready to convict. She has. You a, think she she decided to play the lotto in a different way. She <laughs> said, "Let me register to vote. Let me register to vote." And praise Jesus, my number was called. <laughs> I mean, most people try to get out of being on jury duty, and as boring as it can be, it is incredibly important to be a yeah. part of a jury and not allow others who don't care about our community to fill up the juries yeah. and thus allow the craziness to happen um, in like, like we're seeing in uh, Kentucky. Now, thankfully Breonna Taylor's boyfriend has been exonerated, but so far a, a year later, dead, she a was sleeping yeah. and it's nobody's fault. Yep. How did, how did, how did you do that? But I'm so sorry for that building with the bullets in it. Because that's what that's essentially what the officer was charged with, you know, endangering property, I believe. It's only it's always so funny to me because the only time that white people ever get ever give a fuck was when we were property. Um, And so it's you know, it's not shocking that we're here. I just you know, I I honestly I don't even want to watch this trial. Like, I know we have to. Right. And I will. But I don't want to because I already know what the fucking outcome is going to be. And it ain't going to be great. What, what are we, oh, you think he's not going to be convicted? I don't think he's going to be convicted. I don't. I don't think he's going to be convicted. Name me the last name me the last white police officer that murdered somebody that was convicted. Well, OK, I do not have the name on the top of my head, but that has happened. But name me the last time that officer was trying to defend himself against a very clear video that showed him uh, strangling someone for eight and a half minutes. That video is a very, very difficult piece of evidence to get past. And I, Oh, I definitely think that he will be convicted. And I know that officer Chauvin and his lawyer offered the uh, prosecutors. We'll do 10 years. This is a few months ago. They went to the prosecutors and, We'll do, we'll give you 10 years. How about that? 
And the prosecution said, no, we, no, we need more than that. So clearly, his lawyers do not think that he has a great case. And they're, if they're willing to bargain at, we'll give you 10 years, they clearly think we could be in for life or 20 or 30. And we were trying to, we, we see 10 as a bargain. I don't think that Derek Chauvin will walk the streets anytime soon. I mean, all I all I will say is this, is that I pray to God that that is not the case, because I think that the United States of America right now is a fucking powder keg. And the only thing that we do not need as we are watching the rise of white supremacist terrorist organizations where we're just a, a couple of months outside of an insurrection to throw, overthrow our democracy, um, we have just... Now, this this is this is the 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 year anniversary of Breonna Taylor being killed in her bed. It's the 30 year anniversary of Rodney King being beaten by four police officers who were let off the hook. And that was the one of the first things that we ever saw collectively on video. Right. And those people got off. So I say, yeah, I I really hope that jury selection goes well because and, and people are really thoughtful. Because if there is no conviction here and this is what caused the uprisings all summer in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. Yeah. I, I would. I, I think America should be concerned. Yeah. America should be concerned because there are significant violent white groups that are mobilized that feel emboldened after Mm -hmm. one six that feel uh their power slipping away more and more and you know when you see the i would call it tepid response to one six and the tepid response to kyle rittenhouse um, I have not yet seen, but if we start seeing folks going away for like 10 years, like Kyle Rittenhouse and the one six folks, um, I think there will be a lot of fear on the right as there should be the lunatic, right? Um, is there another right? Cause I think they're all lunatic. No, you're right. And I'm just, there, I'm yeah. only trying to, to separate the folks who are willing to be violent in 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 defense of their principles versus the folks who are merely detached from reality right because most of the right is detached from reality and i don't say that in any colloquial or symbolic way they are resting on all these different ideas that have no relationship to reality in terms of policing in terms of immigration in terms of taxation in terms of voting rights in terms of so many things in terms of climate so you know the what happened in the election on and on and on yeah but there's only a fraction of them it's a large fraction but there's only a fraction of them who are willing to actually be violent to throw Mm -hmm. uh fire extinguishers at police and to break windows and to break into you know the michigan state house or you know the capitol or what have you or shoot you know uh uh, an elected official or storm something. the capitol in michigan or shoot an elected yeah. official in arizona yeah. or shoot them in washington dc too many too many, many. but i just i i, I do want to have some sliver of of semantical ability to say like i'm saying there is a lunatic right that will actually do things that will put our lives in danger as opposed to 
the merely crazy right that is just talking a good angry game. But you see how they're connected? Because of course, of course. The crazy, it's an because because the ones that do the crazy talk are the ones that are giving all of the ammunition, yeah. right? The verbal ammunition to the ones that have the actual ammunition. Yes, and that's absolutely. the fucking problem. No, absolutely. It's it's totally an ecosystem whereby mm-hmm. what the lunatics want to hear is so crazy that to be heard in that bubble, you have to be loud, right? Like verbally loud, right? Like say yeah. something crazy. The election was stolen, right? And like, if you're not willing to say that, then you're not even being heard. And the ones who are willing to say that are heard. But then after that, what do you say that gets you heard? You have to go even further. Jews control the world and they eat babies on the weekends, right? And they also use apparently, um, what is those? Space lasers. lasers. Space lasers. Space lasers to... Well, I'm part Jewish. That's, that's true. That part is true. We do have space lasers, but we don't eat babies on the weekend. Uh, d- d- do you that do it just, on that, Wednesdays? D- 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 just keep that between us and the listeners. Okay. Don't, 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 don't. But, um, you know, to be heard, you have to be loud. But this continues to motivate the lunatics to go even further and further. My God, I just saw a video where a woman said that she was a doctor, a board-certified family doctor. And she was like, coronavirus is a hoax. Don't wear a mask. It's all bullshit. And then there was something about the devil. And I'm like, I, 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 I you hit the trifecta. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, just, I don't, I can't, I don't understand how masks and vaccines have been so deeply politicized. You know, we can talk about the the racial divide around vaccines, but I think Joy Reid showed a statistic last night that about ninety percent of Democrats have or are willing to take the vaccine, and about under sixty percent of Republicans have or are willing to take the vaccine that's a huge gap i mean Um, i would just like to round them all up and put them in alaska maybe i don't know they they like to put children in cages i'd let them roam free but you can't come back to the mainland thank you for listening (laughs) to democracy ish (laughs) i'm tore and i'm danielle moody And we'll be back next week because there will be a country. But hang on, folks. The ride is bumpy. (laughs) Thank you.